the good, the bad, and the Boucherian. The good, the bad, and the Boucherian. And folks, you're listening to the good, the bad, and the Boucherian. Like, I have, like, a very select group of friends. I don't really branch out of my friend group, and I've kept the same one since after high school. All the friends I've made in college are, my are like, my friends, but, like, they don't have the same hold as, like, my friends that I have known for, like, years and years and years have on me. And I am a very, like I said, I'm very self-aware and I'm very vocal. If I have a problem, I will let people know. But... Sometimes, you know, like the story of like the little boy that cried wolf, it gets to a point where it's like, how many times can this, how many times can this person post about being sad before somebody like checks in on them? Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that like, not saying I'm like unstable, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have like, I have like my emotional days sometimes and I don't like writing, so I'll make, I have a little private Snapchat story just for me and my little close friends, and I'll just say my, like, little piece on there, and it's, like, disheartening when you're literally talking about your emotions on an app that you know they're using, and they probably watch it or something, but nobody checks on you. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody says anything. And like I was going through, I've been going through a hard week. But when I asked my friends to hang out and they were like unable to hang out with me, I was just so frustrated with the whole idea that like, guys, like I just really need you right now, but I don't want to say like I need you right now because I don't want to come off as like, I don't know, like a mess. I don't want you guys to feel like I need you. I just need a friend. I just need, I need somebody right now. But it's, I've never liked asking for help, ever. So Mm -hmm. when I caught myself, like, getting frustrated that, like, our plans weren't working and, like, they just didn't want to go or whatever, I was just like, you know what, you know, they have their own lives. They have their own problems, too. And I can't be upset that no one's checking on me if I'm not checking on them, too. But from that show for instance all the things leading up to that the friend a she gave she was like crying out for help she literally was crying out for help from her friends and then Ginny made it about her mm-hmm. and that's something that i've had people in my life who do that to me where they kind of invalidate my feelings just because of their own emotions and in friendships you just can't do that you you can't hold on to the fact okay well you didn't check on me well you didn't check on me okay well we're here now so let's talk about it it's your boy billy back at it with another episode hope you guys are keeping well keeping safe amidst the pandemic and things are going well on your side as they are with me and my guest who is Anjali Marie, who goes to Pace University and studies biological psychology as her major and a minor in neuroscience. And today, as I said, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we'll be talking about mental health, even as she has a YouTube channel where she talks about 
all these things. So I think you guys should just search it up. It's also called Anjali Marie. And thank you guys so much for your responses and your feedback to last week's episode on, again, mental health. I didn't know that a lot of us really face the same struggles, but it always takes that one person to air them out and all of us relate to it. So again, thank you for that. And um, I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic, it was kind of like exciting having everything shut down and like really just getting to be by myself right Uh yeah i was i got really close with myself and really developed a better relationship with who i am Mm -hmm. but i mean as you know the pandemic started to like dwindle and it didn't get taken as seriously and things started opening back up life just started moving so much faster again and it was kind of just like oh gosh I know the pandemic part was bad, but like, can we go back to when life was moving a little bit slower? And I just kind of, I kind of wait, you know, I, I feel like I have to look back at what was going on in the beginning of the pandemic and rethink, you know, like, okay, what did I do during that part of the pandemic that was, like, really good for me? Because I was on, like, a mental health, like, kick. Like, I was drinking tea every single day. I was doing yoga in the mornings before I would go to work and stuff like that. Like, Uh I had, I had, I had, I had it all. I had it all figured out. But, you know, as I started getting busier and then school started and then trying to go to school in the middle of a pandemic, that was so difficult. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that the um, the semester that we left school and we were in the pandemic was going to be the hardest because like, oh my gosh, we just got home and like now we're online, like, oh my goodness. But it was actually like this upcoming spring semester that was like so brutal. It was more brutal mm-hmm. than any other semester that I've had. How so? Because it was all of the hardest classes. And with being all the hardest classes, me trying to find a balance between school while being home, because I decided to not um, dorm. So Mm -hmm. school, while being home and working, I was like struggling to find a work-school balance. And so it like affected me negatively. Mm-hmm. And that it messed me up because I'm like a nerd. I like getting good grades and I like, I don't know, I like being good at the things I'm doing. And if I feel like I'm not doing enough, if I feel like I'm not doing it well enough, um, it kind of feels like worthless. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like I put weights on my, on my own body just Mm -hmm. to attain this level of like perfection that only exists in my head Mm -hmm. and do your parents also give you that pressure to attain those levels of perfection or are they no it's fine whatever you bring home um they definitely put pressure on me but it's not like like too much pressure they try their very best to always remind me to just you know, try my best because at the end of the day, like all you can do is your best. 
And so that's something that resonated with me. Like, as long as I'm trying my hardest, you can't really make me feel bad about the work that I've done. Like, it, it's the best that I could do with the energy that I had at that time or with the time that I had at that time. So they've helped me become more understanding that, like, if I can't change something, I shouldn't, you know, stress about it too much. And they try to help me remove that, like, perfectionist gene in my body. Mm-hmm. But I have very amazing parents who... Um, who, like, took the time to get to know, like, they know how my mental health is and they've taken the time to kind of understand it better and they're open to, like, me talking to them about it. And sometimes I don't even want to talk. Sometimes I just need a hug and they're there for me to just, like, hug them and, like, not ask questions unless I need them to be asked, so... Mm-hmm. So has it always been like that for you? I've always been an athlete growing up. And when you're an athlete, that kind of like physical pressure, um, it kind of puts a toll on you and you want to be like really good at it. And I've always wanted to just be like really good at everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't even know how to like describe it really. Mental health didn't come up, like, by itself. It didn't come up, like, hey, like, let's talk about mental health and, like, what we can do to make it better. It wasn't like that. It was more, like, in moments of emotional, like, turmoil, like, how can we handle this in a way that's going to make it feel better? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm having a breakdown, what can we do to alleviate that feeling? Or if I'm having, like, really bad anxiety... Like, what can we do to simply just get rid of it? And not like a, I hate saying get rid of it because that's just not the, it doesn't just go away, but it's more of like getting control over it, getting a grasp on it. Mm -hmm. So they've helped me try to get a grasp on it because oftentimes I'll feel like my emotional responses are out of my control and they help me like, they kind of helped me started putting it back together. Like it is in my control. I am the only person in control of the things I do, the things I say and how I feel, you know? So it took, it took me some time um, for it to really start to click. But over the last, like maybe honestly, since I got to college three years ago, I really kind of, grabbed it by the balls if you would say and I kind of just I just I chose to like be my own source of happiness because I, I I tend to be a people pleaser and mm-hmm. um it backfires when you're a people pleaser people either think they can like walk all over you or they can just you know use you for things and I hated feeling used I hated feeling like I was doing things for people who just, you know, they, they wouldn't even care to ever do anything like that for me. Mm-hmm. So I started taking back my own power by showing up for myself every day. Because mm. I remember someone said that if there are many people in the world who will hate you and that one person can't be yourself, at least be the one person on your team. And I know yeah. for people pleaser, how hard that can be, especially that 
I was watching something and someone was saying that for people pleasers, you really don't know what your personality is like because your personality always shifts according what friend group mm-hmm. you're hanging out with. And so you're like consequentially, your mental health is affected. Yeah, you're, you're... Clearly your mental health is affected in terms of now you really, at, at some point, you even feel like you're going through an existential crisis because you mm-hmm. really don't know who you are. So for you, have you ever experienced those sudden highs or lows when it comes to this friend group that you really want to join or just in your people-pleasing shenanigans? Like in times, in times when you feel like you really want to fit in, but you don't? Yeah. Um, I had an old friend that we used to do like everything together in school, like everything, because we lived together and it was just convenient. We had a lot of the same hobbies, but she liked going to certain places that honestly, if it wasn't for her, I would have never gone to. But I would Mm -hmm. go because I, as like the nurturing mom friend, wanted to protect her in case anything happened. And I wanted to be there because I know like she wanted to go to this event and it would have been so fun. But doing that has put me in so many situations and scenarios that I didn't want to put myself in. And when you're in it, you don't really know how to get out of it. So you kind of just, you go through it and you live with it, but then you end up like regretting it and like kind of like growing like animosity towards the the person that keeps putting you in those situations because you're just like why is it that every single time I have to give all of this for you and like you you're just taking you're just take take taking Mm -hmm. so with her especially I had a lot of highs and lows because you know we could go out and we could have a great time but if what happened that that day or that night is like horrible or like it was just bad for me I it would put me like down in the dumps and then the person the other person she would feel nothing like wrong because Mm -hmm. that was her life that was the life that she wanted to live and it wasn't the life I wanted to live and so I kept like upsetting myself to please other people Mm -hmm. until I finally stopped and I was like actually like I don't want to go I I would prefer to stay home. And so for you, what was that? Finally, enough is enough. Is it after one experience or after what was that like? Because I know for a lot of people, probably after one detrimental experience or after it happened so many times that you realize that this person actually care about you, they wouldn't do the same for you is when you decide I'm out of this. So for you, what was that turning point? I believe it had a lot less to do with like the amount of times it happened. I honestly feel as if one day I kind of just woke up and I was like, I'm going to start setting boundaries. And I started setting like boundaries, like actual boundaries, not just like, Hey, like I'm, uh, Eh, not like uncertain I had to be very direct because I realized that when I would set boundaries and I wasn't extremely like explicit on what they were people would Mm -hmm. still find their way to like ruin the boundaries that I was trying to make and I learned that if you can't respect my boundaries then you don't really need to be in my life so as I started placing more boundaries and started doing things more for myself the person didn't like it that much and 
they started distancing themselves from me. And it honestly, like, it kind of just proved to me that, like, I've got my own back. I've mm-hmm. got to continue to have my back. And setting boundaries is how I show up for myself and how I stand up for myself in all mm-hmm. groups. Because I set boundaries with everybody, even my parents, everyone I set boundaries with. Because only I know me the best that anyone else will ever know me. No one's going to ever know more about me than I do. If Uh I know that I do not want to tolerate something, I'm not going to just because somebody wants me to. Mm. I feel like a lot of, like, my mental health care, mental health care, (laughs) my mental health, like, awareness um, Mm -hmm. comes (laughs) comes from after after like the storm has passed it's really like after that day where you're like really really sad and you kind of feel like the world is ending or you just want to put the world on pause you just don't want to be here at that current moment when I sit in those moments and then I start to like ruminate in my head about like all the things I have to be grateful for it gives me a little more like pep in my step Mm kind of makes me want to do more try more it makes me want to to be more present Mm -hmm. and i think presence is a very important part Mm -hmm. of everyone's journey because if you're not present in like what you're doing and you're not present in the emotions you're feeling it gets lost or it gets stored away in places you don't need it to get placed like the more you suppress information about yourself, mm-hmm. the more it backfires. That's why I did shadow work, which I always mm. recommend to people, but it's it's not easy and it's not for everybody. So um, in like simple terms, shadow work is working with your quote unquote like shadow self. So the sides of yourself that you have like repressed since you were probably even younger. So all the times that you've been angry, but you've never even said anything about it, but you stored it in the back of your mind. And now it's like eating away at something else. Like when you do your shadow work, you realize how certain things in your past connect to the reason why you are struggling with certain things in your present. And mm-hmm. you embrace your shadow. The goal is to not like, like, deflect from your shadow self you want to actually be a part of it because it is a part of you so even your bad traits your bad qualities you have to learn to appreciate them and to understand them and to use them properly so that's how you get to know yourself the best and when i did shadow work there's like several different ways you could do it you can either like do journaling prompts or you could do it i did mine through like every day like self-assessment Like when something was going on or let's say I got jealous of, of like someone who was talking to like a friend or something and I didn't understand where that emotion was coming from. I would sit down with myself and I'd be like, why are you jealous? Like what's making you jealous? And like, Mm -hmm. you have to sit there and think with yourself and just break it down. Like, just let it all fall out onto paper because it's something back there that you just didn't want to bring up. 
and mm -hmm. now you have to bring it up to light so it can come out. And I feel like once I started to do shadow work in my everyday life, I became way more self-aware and way more like empathetic because you realize how many people are just like going through their own shit and um, it really has nothing to do with you and you can't necessarily just, uh, you can't really, I wouldn't say not help them, you can help them in a way, but sometimes people can't be helped by other people mm -hmm. until they're able to help themselves. So now even with that, my next question is, I realized for probably a lot of us, doing the shadow work is very hard because some things you repress and suppress because they were very dark times. So you'd rather not bring them up. You'd rather not face them. You'd rather live your life. Mm -hmm. You know, after like, a, for example, a traumatic experience, sometimes some people tend to forget that it actually happened. Like you block your mind to never remember that memory. And you go on with your life as if everything is okay and you never actually quote unquote remember what actually happened and so when you're doing your shadow work it means you have to unearth all these things that happened to you as a child mm -hmm. even for example if it's with your ex exes or with your parents you know seeing this poor were well, once the poor you thought cared about you but now when you do your shadow work you realize how much harm they probably did to you mm -hmm. so is it as easy as it might seem and if not, for you, how did you come to that experience? Realizing, how did you come to terms with realizing that this shadow work experience is not as easy and I should just do it anyway and not suppress everything? Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, shadow work's hard because you're, it's basically you sitting there and telling yourself everything that's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. or everything that could be wrong with you but you don't want to like discuss me personally i tend to be pretty hard on myself but like i give myself tough love because that's how i like that's just the best way for me to get information through to myself mm -hmm. um so me doing shadow work i didn't like feel the need to sit down and write down all my prompts and like sit down in a journal and do them because journaling has never i've never been consistent with that i just do it sometimes mm -hmm. but I would do mine through everyday activities. Like if I felt a certain emotion, I would like tell, ask myself, hey, why do I feel like this? And then if honest, if I couldn't really come up with a deep thought through answer at that moment, I'll come back to it another time, like later that day and be like, man, like I was really like irritated today. Like what, what did they do that made me so irritated? Like why am I getting so easily hostile? Mm -hmm. So I've seen, see for me, I... I really just need my mind and myself, but I've seen mm -hmm. other people conduct their shadow work and they have it as like a, like a ritual. They will like go out into the nature and they'll have like something that's very important to them next to them. Something like, like a comfort item. I've seen like stuffed animals and like they have their little notebook that's dedicated only for shadow work. And they just sit there and they go through all their emotions and their thoughts and that's like releasing for them. So mm -hmm. if it's too hard to do it as like an everyday, just like simple when you're feeling something, think about it. If you maybe like start off with maybe doing shadow work, maybe once a week 
and just picking a day and think of it as like literal self-care because it is self-care. You're sitting there and you're just focused on like your emotions and like what made you feel them and like why you reacted the way you did to certain things. It would, it would be, I think a lot, I think it'd be really beneficial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now even with that, I remember when I gamed you, the video, your video that went viral was on how sometimes we are comfortable in our sadness that we don't want to get better. Yes. And so doing the shadow work means you want to get better. So if you don't do the shadow work, you do that wallow in your sadness, of which I've seen a lot of people tend to prefer that, that for them, sadness is the most real. Knowing that, then even choose to be happy because happiness is a temporary feeling. And so the sadness is where I feel, where they feel the comfort where they feel like home so you know like for example if you're depressed you need to take probably meds or go see a therapist or whatnot but you'd rather not do that you'd rather stay in this depression and just wallow in it because for you you at the back of your mind you know you need to get better yeah but you just want to stay in the sadness so what it's do like you, you don't have enough it's like you don't have enough energy enough energy to Mm want to be better but like I said in my video I think like sadness can be the most addicting emotion when you're depressed um because of how comforting it is it it really does feel like a hug because if you think about like when you're having like a breakdown or you're crying or you're just having like a bad day and you're sitting down and you're like with yourself you're only with yourself when you're sad you feel it weigh on your entire body it's like Mm -hmm. a weighted blanket just laying on you and sometimes that blanket is so heavy you just can't even like get up you don't even want to move from underneath it Mm -hmm. i i feel like my i mentioned how my emotion not my emotions my memory was severely (laughs) impacted by like these extreme states of sadness because I think it doesn't get talked about enough because we all know that like depression can cause you know some memory loss Mm. but no one ever talks about how like you just make yourself sadder and sadder and sadder until it's trauma and now you convinced your brain you had a traumatic event and now you no longer have that memory Mm -hmm. like you do not have access to that memory anymore and in order to like bring it back up you have to put a lot of work into that and a lot of like I don't know if I wouldn't say work because it was the word specifically but you have to put a lot of time and effort into healing when it comes to things like that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it already happened. So do you want to bring it back up to like bring back those feelings onto the surface? That's like a question that everyone's going to ask themselves. Like, do I really want to deal with this right now? Like, do I really want to have to go through my emotions and explain myself when I can just sit here and do nothing instead? Because nothing is a lot easier than doing something. Mm-hmm. But if more people start to get into the the mindset that at least if you try 
it might make things a lot easier because I know that if I wake up one day and I'm having like a horrible mental health day, I'll have at least like one or two tasks that like need to be done. And I'll be like, okay, I just got to do these things, do these things so that by the end of the night, I can say like, at least I blah, at least I did this. At least I got this out of the way. At least I accomplished something. And it gives me more drive and energy to, I don't know, keep going. Mm -hmm. I also feel like your, your environment plays a very big part. How so? Like, I have very supportive friends. But if you do not have friends who understand your mental, like, I don't want to say illness because it's that's not what I'm saying. If you if you have friends that understand mental health and how it looks like on you, mm-hmm. it's comforting because you have, I would say, like allies. You have people to go to, and I personally have a therapist, and I'm so grateful for her because, you know, I don't want to tell my friends everything. They're not my therapists. They're 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 my pe- they're my people. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. But with a therapist and with having like good friends, you kind of feel on top of the world. You feel like, mm-hmm. like you ever have like a bad day and your friend makes you laugh and you kind of feel like, oh, why was I, why was I sad in the first place? Yeah. It's important to have those around you because they just like snap you back into reality. Like, Sometimes after I have a, a mental breakdown, I like sit down and I look back at myself in the mirror. I'm like, girl, you are so dramatic. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, why are we crying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I posted a video on YouTube yesterday and I was just talking about how like I did not want to get out of bed. I stayed up all night. I did not sleep. I just literally was just awake for hours and hours and hours and I just wasn't having like a good day but I knew I had to get shit done Mm -hmm. and so like I got out of bed and I said the affirmation of my month so my affirmation of the month is every day I make conscious decisions that improve my quality of life and it's like something I've been saying like every day and I see it in the morning and it, it makes me get out of bed. So for everybody who's listening, I think it's very important that you guys have whatever affirmation or whatever you really need to hear, like in your line of vision, first thing in the morning. Because honestly, I can wholeheartedly say that having those words on my mirror has made a great impact in my life. Because mm-hmm. then I actually do things. I get out of bed because I think, okay, well, if I stay here, that's not benefiting my future Quality self. Mm-hmm. So we might as well get up because what's sitting here being sad going to do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And so but with that's that, what is, I mean. So with that, is it okay to not be okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Please explain what that phrase means. Does it mean... What does it actually mean in depth? What does it's okay to not be okay mean, actually? So when I say it's okay to not be okay, 
what I'm talking about is like toxic positivity. In the spiritual community, there's a lot of toxic positivity where you feel like you have to be happy all the time and you can't experience anger or frustration or like sadness. You just have to be happy and grateful and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's fake because that's not real life. In real life, you're going to have hardships. You're going to have problems. You're going to have days where you're angry. You're going to be, you're going to go through all of the emotions because you're a human being. Mm -hmm. It only makes sense for you to go through those emotions. So when I say it's okay not to be okay, like you don't have to fake it. I pride myself on being authentic because I've watched so many people just like lie, just, just lie about themselves for clout maybe for for views for who knows attention like the realest person that you can be is real to yourself if you can't admit to yourself hey like i've been struggling lately like maybe i should start going on social media less and like hang out with my family more if you're able to like identify those things in yourself and say like hey like i'm just not okay right now but like, I will be. Because mm-hmm. for me, there's always like, there's always like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I feel like even on my bad days, I know I will be happy again. I know it will come again. And so that's what I hope, that's what I hold on to. Mm-hmm. And when you speak about having friends who are, aware of mental health and your mental state i remember watching a series and this okay friend a told friend b that i really had a bad week and i wish you were there for me and friend b said i also had a bad week don't be so self-absorbed also had my own stuff going on so of that scenario what do you make of it does that make friend b a bad friend for saying that for not being there for friend a when her herself had her own stuff going on or was friend b's emotion valid but the way she put it out was the issue like what exactly do you make of that i think i know what show you're talking about the one with Ginny. yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah see that is something that has come up in my like life pretty recently and mm-hmm. i don't even please tell us about it yeah it's okay. a lot of story so, time <laughs> mm-hmm. so like i have like a very select group of friends i don't really branch out of my friend group and i've kept the same one since after high school all the friends i've made in college are my are like my friends but like they don't have the same hold as like my friends that i have known for like years and years and years have on me. Yeah. And I am a very, like I said, I'm very self-aware and I'm very vocal. If I have a problem, I will let people know. But sometimes, you know, like the story of like the little boy that cried wolf? Mm -hmm. It gets to a point where it's like, how many times can this, how many times can this person post about being sad before somebody like checks in on them? Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that, like, not saying I'm, like, unstable, <laughs> but, like, 
I, I, <laughs> I have like, I have like my emotional days sometimes and I don't like writing. So I'll make, I have a little private Snapchat story just for me and my little close friends. And I'll just say my like little piece on there. And it's like disheartening when you're literally talking about your emotions on an app that you know they're using and they probably watch it or something, but nobody checks on you. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody says anything. And like I was going through, I've been going through a hard week, but when I asked my friends to hang out and they were like unable to hang out with me, I was just so frustrated with the whole idea that like, guys, like I just really need you right now, but I don't want to say like, I need you right now because I don't want to come off as like, I don't know, like a mess. I don't want you guys to feel like I need you. I just need a friend. I just need, I need somebody right now. Mm-hmm. But it's, I've never liked asking for help ever. So mm-hmm. when I caught myself like getting frustrated that like our plans weren't working and like they just didn't want to go or whatever, I was just like, you know what? You know, they have their own lives, they have their own problems too. And I can't be upset that no one's checking on me if I'm not checking on them too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like friend A and B are both in the wrong. But from that show, for instance, all the things leading up to that, the friend A, she gave, she was like crying out for help. She literally was crying out for help from her friends. And then Ginny made it about her. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've had people in my life who do that to me where they kind of invalidate my feelings just because of their own emotions. Mm-hmm. And in friendships, you just can't do that. Mm. Like, you, you can't hold on to the fact, okay, well, you didn't check on me. Well, you didn't check on me. Okay, well, we're here now. So let's talk about it. Mm. But you also have to just be aware of like what your friends are going through because no one's going to tell you everything. And if it's so hard for you to like hit up a friend and just be like, hey, like, how have you been doing? And like mean it authentically, not like just, hey, hey, what are you doing? How you doing? Like when you create those genuine, authentic relationships with people, that's when the conversations become worth it. That's when the talks you have make the most sense Mm -hmm. and they last with you longer because I think of it like um, let's say you put down an item and you're present when you put it down you know it's right there on the counter Mm -hmm. you have to be like that with friends you have to be present you have to actually be there with what's happening. Not mm-hmm. lost in your phone. Not lost thinking about something else. If your friend is talking to you about something, listen to them. Because you never know what they're saying underneath the words they're actually saying. 
you should be able to read like their tone of voice and know like if they're agitated know if they seem kind of off that's like your friend and if you don't know your friend that well you should get to know your friends that well Mm -hmm. so even with that like with your private story at what point uh, do i as a friend feel as if i'm being too I'm pestering you or I'm being too much in your business. Like if you post on your private story, how would I know when to just read and like get the message or when to reply to that and say, hey, how are you doing? Because sometimes if, for example, you're having a really bad week and you post on your private story every day, am I to, because me as a friend will feel as if, if I text you every single time, I'm being a bit too, you know, yeah. nagging. Yeah, so like how would I what what are, what sign should I I think everyone should always look for like repeated behaviors or reckless behaviors. And if your friend is like sobbing on their private story and you don't swipe up to say anything. Like what mm-hmm. <laughs> What? <laughs> Why would you not say anything? <laughs> like, that's just stupid. Like, they're obviously in distress and you're not paying attention because why? Because you didn't hear the audio, so you, you, you skipped it? <laughs> like, I don't know. There has to be more thought into the whole, like, story thing. Like, if you're on my private story, the, the posts are for you. It, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be posting on my main story, me me crying my tears and talking about how about how much of a shitty week I've had. It's for you guys. And it's because I'm not going to go out of the way to individually contact each and every one of you to have a conversation that I probably don't want to have at that current moment because texting is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I, if I, I just don't have the energy for all that. So I make the story post. And then what's funny, for me at least, after I post a little story and I have my breakdown and I finally calm down and I go back and watch the story and I see like maybe one or two people saw it. If they saw it and they didn't say anything to me, I'm just like, you know what? I'm Mm. deleting it. Y'all don't (laughs) care. So like, I'm so rejection sensitive sometimes. I'm like, oh, you didn't respond to my story? Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't like me. You don't like me. And that's not the case. That's really not the case. I know they like me. And there's so many reasons why they weren't able to, like, you know, watch the story. But in my head, like, the immediate thought is so negative. And so lately I've been trying to, like, be like, okay, Angelie. Just because they didn't do this for you does not mean they literally hate you. That's not what it mm-hmm. means. They could have been busy and they couldn't hear the audio. They could have never actually mm-hmm. watched a story in the first place and accidentally like swiped and then swiped out. That happens all the time to me. And then I go back and watch a story like later. Mm-hmm. But it's when you're posting these stories. And with with reason, you're you're posting them for attention see for okay so for me i'm an only child i i've i've only ever had myself as my like backbone and when you're an only child you get really lonely often 
but then you learn how to be comfortable in like being alone Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I have like conflicts, I immediately want to like crawl into a turtle shell mm-hmm. and just like disappear, but only with my friends because I'm confrontational mm-hmm. and I know that. But with my friends, if I feel like like we, my my group chat. For instance, sorry to get off topic, but my group chat, it's, mm-hmm. I believe, one, two, three, four, five, six of us. One is in Italy because he's in the Navy, but six of us in here, we will randomly do like check ins. Like we'll FaceTime the entire group and everyone will answer and we'll just be like, what's up, guys? How you guys been? What's been going on? And like, I love those because mm. I don't like having to do the whole every single day contact thing. Yeah. I, I like having that. stories to tell. I like having, like, oh my gosh, guess what happened to me last week? And I feel like mm-hmm. it means more. Because then you're also holding on to actual memories. Like, every single day you're not doing a bunch of things that actually matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you went to Costco. You went to ShopRite. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? But my friends are very good with um, listening to me when I talk about the boundaries I need and self-care and I try to be as open as I possibly can because like I said I don't like when things get like misconstrued I like to be very straightforward and honest with what I'm feeling because I don't want it to ever get like misrepresented mm-hmm. and so when it does get misrepresented because sometimes you want to say a but i'll interpret it as b what do you do so would you still insist and make me understand or will you just let bygones be bygones i feel like if you're in that's you're basically in the same situation you guys both did not show up for each other so Mm -hmm. i would let bygones be bygones because Mm -hmm. now you know hey I should start checking in more. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have not been okay. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's hard for people to show up because they're so distracted by other things or people. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, being friends, being the single friend in a group of people who have like boyfriends and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. is always gonna hurt just a little bit and it's not because like you're not in a relationship that's not it at all it's because you miss your friends mm. like I am very much single and my friends and I were hanging out so often before but you know, new guys come along and new girls come along or same girls come back or whatever, whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you start to feel like neglected because those were your people, but your people are now gone because they have their own people. So it's kind of isolating, even though they didn't, they didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so with that, how do you navigate that do you understand 
them or do you feel like these friends because now in that case you're the constant because if a breakup happens or whatnot you're the one who will always be the rebound they'll always come back to you yeah so do you feel bad about that or do you just understand that ah such is life i try to think of what they would do if it was me but i've never been in a relationship where i like neglected my friends i don't think mm-hmm. um or at least not that i know of no one has ever brought it up or made it like a problem with me mm-hmm. trying to think hmm. <clears throat> yeah no not that not that i know of i mean i've had my moments where like I'll be with somebody and like they're like my favorite person so you know we're we're hanging out and stuff but if my friend wanted to hang out like I would hang out with them like that I wouldn't not hang out with them because I was like with my significant other or I wouldn't like ignore their messages just because I'm with my significant other or just basically just avoid them just because i have a significant other that was never the kind of person that i was mm-hmm. and so when people put me in that position it becomes very frustrating because like you feel like they're stupid i don't know that's how mm-hmm. i feel i feel like they're i feel like everyone's stupid i'm just like dude like hello i'm over here I'm trying to talk to you. You're not listening to me. You're on your phone. You're only texting them. You don't hang out with me anymore. Like, it, it, gets, it gets irritating. Mm. And they're like, oh, why are you acting so different? Girl, you are never here. <laughs> what do you mean acting different? You don't know me anymore. Uh-huh. So, um, I, 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 I've literally been the one to, like, I'll have a, I have a, a friend and they like just got this little significant other, but they won't stop talking about them. They're not even there. And they're just talking about them the entire time. And I'm not even speaking. I'm literally not even speaking. They're just going on like a tangent about this person. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And then he did this. And then, and I'm just like, yo, can we not talk about them, please? Like, it's you and me right now. We're hanging out. They're not even here. I- I'm not worried about them. I could not care about them. Well, I don't know why, because they're not mine. They're not my significant other, not my boyfriend, not my girlfriend, nothing. They they have no relation to me. So why are yeah. we sitting here talking about them? Mm-hmm. Why don't you ask me how school's been going? Why don't you ask me about my graduation plan? What are the jobs I'm looking at? Like, anything of substance. There's too many just empty-headed conversations going on and I just hate it. Mm -hmm. So I never really like, like I'm honest with my friends and I just have to be, I'll just tell them like, hey, you talk about them a lot, a lot. And it's no problem. I have no problem with you being with this person. That's not that. I want you to be happy. But when you're with me, can you be with me and not with them in your head? Mm. But my main message is like setting boundaries. 
Once mm. you start setting boundaries, you cannot escape your boundaries. You set yeah. the standard for how people can talk to you. Like one of my number one sayings, it's my Instagram bio. It's literally the saying I'm going to have all of my followers on YouTube say. It is do harm to none, but take no shit. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I live my life. I treat people mm-hmm. the way I want to be treated. But I don't let people disrespect me. And I feel like that was something mm-hmm. that I had to learn the hard way. So now even as you wind up, what is your parting shot? What would you tell someone who understand their mental state or someone who, like you, who's an only child, who wouldn't have siblings to run to or someone who unlike you didn't have parents who'd understand mm-hmm. things to do with the mental health so for you what would you tell them self-care comes in many different forms there is no one way to do self-care for some person it could be getting their facial or getting their nails done or something like that. And for another person, it could be painting or going for a walk. You just have to find which self-care method works for you. And self-care methods are whatever brings you peace. So find your peace. And while you're in your peace, start to get to know yourself a little better. Form a Mm -hmm. relationship with yourself. If you have to think of yourself as like an external person, like another person and get to know yourself, in that way that might even help you better understand your emotions and how to control them because honestly your friends are not going to understand your emotions and your emotional needs unless you do and are able to tell them hey this is what i need from you guys in order for me to feel better or this is what i need in order to have a better experience mm-hmm Like, I've told my own friends before that them talking about the calories of food and the drinks is, like, triggering to me. And it makes me feel horrible. And I literally had to tell them, I was like, please stop talking about it. I do not want to hear about any more calories of any of the items that we are eating. It is ruining my trip. Please stop. And they did. Mm -hmm. Because I set a boundary. You can't be scared to set boundaries because you're just going to be upset when they start crossing the ones that you have in your head. But if they don't know about the boundaries, how are they going to respect them? Yeah. And as usual, not setting boundaries is also a form of self-harm. Yep. Because if you can't respect yourself enough to set boundaries, how do you expect anyone else to consequentially respect you? You know? 100%. Always got to be there for yourself first. True. Yes, sir. So I think that is it for this week's episode. I hope guys have learned something. I hope the listeners will give us their feedback on what their take was of all the things we've talked about. And for them, how, but for them, (laughs) what their experiences with mental health health and their friendships have been, have they had the most supportive friend? So can't mm-hmm. wait to see you guys next week. Hope you guys have a lovely week ahead and cheers. Okay. Cheers.